welcome back everyone to the Quiz Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and this is my beautiful co-host, Amanda. I'm going to turn this really quick so we're not distracted by the blue light on her chest. Um, yeah, uh, welcome back. We hope you all had a safe and um, amazing week. You know, we just got through that, uh, that snowpocalypse and um, it started off as a little bit of ice and then it went from ice to snow to melt a little bit to ice to snow and then now it's all melted yeah we were we (laughs) gm closed um they were closed the entire week they tried to open up on wednesday but um not enough people um well i mean i like i think the the absentee rate was at 45 percent so it was a little bit less than a little bit yeah a little bit less than 50 percent um, but that's a lot of people, you know, and we couldn't, some, me including myself, I couldn't make it. I drive a little Toyota Camry. I'm definitely not going to go and try and, um, go, you know, driving in the snow. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. We had, we got some, got the house cleaned up a little bit and it's kind of back to a little bit of a wreck now, but, uh, we'll, we'll fix it. We got some of our laundry done. At least it's clean. We just got to work on putting it away. Um, we got to spend a lot of time with our son. So that's, that's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, so now we're here. I go back to work. I'll probably be at work if, if by the time you're listening to this. But, um, yeah, it'll be aired. And, yeah. So, exciting. We're um, going from the uh, dry methods. We got through all the dry methods. We finished it up with broiling last week. And we're going to uh, kick off with our... Uh, moist cooking methods and we're going to start off by poaching it's going to go I'm going to do it from like their temperatures because they uh, depending it's like the lowest temperature would be the poaching and then the highest temperature would be steaming so we're going to do poaching simmering boiling and steaming and um, yeah we'll talk about that a little bit I'm going to shout out a few people here in just a moment here's a few of my friends and uh, family members and just kind of give them little shout outs and uh, yeah, you know, we're all trying to help each other out and we're all just trying to do our own little thing in life and we have our podcast and a buddy of mine, he has his own podcast as well. It's called Idiot Machine, um, where my podcast is, uh, focuses more like on like, uh, stuff in the food industry and food related topics and, um, anything that really involves like any recipes and cooking, uh, his is more of like a a broad, more broad topic, um, kind of kind of a podcast so uh his most recent video um i can't even remember what it was let me check i'm gonna check it again i'm gonna go ahead and pull it up actually you can check him out on um on youtube as well uh idiot machine his name is trevor kirby good guy he was a good friend of mine in uh, in high school hope he's doing well go here i'll just look it up Yeah, UFC. So he's done a couple UFCs. Uh, he's got uh, one this one right here. I've got beef with the entire world. Um, and then he has this little segment called Let Me Ask You Something. And he's talking about feet. Uh, and then Would You Rather and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's uh, kind of all around there. He's not just on one topic, one specific topic. And his second episode is him with his wife. And, and yeah. And so, cool guy. Um, check him out. Another person you can check out, uh, my brother-in-law. His uh, girlfriend, she has a YouTube channel as well, and her name is uh, Kizzy Marie, or you can call her Kizzy, and her channel is, um, you can also follow her on Instagram, you can see her Instagram right here, I'll leave links to those in the description. Um, but yeah, her channel is like more about um, boosting your self-confidence and like kind of how um, you can be more successful in, in life and just kind of get, spreading that positivity around and, uh, as well. And then my um, brother-in-law, Joey, he has a blog where he just kind of talks about um religion and he just kind of talks about um his experiences with religion and life and i'll leave links to that in the description as well so check them out and yeah pretty cool so is there somebody else um um candy candied it's something with candy they're opening a restaurant or something. Our boss, Candy? No. Your old manager, I think. Candied pork. Oh, yes. Candy. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, I'll shout him out too. But, uh, 
Uh, yeah, his name is uh, his name is Craig Craig du- Craig Dudinitz, and um, he's a, a manager that I used to he used to be my manager back whenever I was in high school and worked at a Demas's restaurant. Him is him and his wife um, they have a business together. It's called the Candied Rib, and they started off as um, you know they would uh, take orders throughout the week, and then uh, they would you know depending on where you live they would deliver it to you and they'd have like a set menu for for like the day or the week and i never tried it but his food looks amazing i'll go ahead and pull it up right now and then i'll show you in just a second but yeah him and his wife they're doing their thing they just recently bought a uh i'm not sure if they bought it i think i don't know if they bought it or if they rented it but they have like a little space that they're uh working on converting if not already that they have um started a, their little little business restaurant and stuff like that so yeah definitely give them a uh a try if you're I th- want to say Mount Julie I'll tell you in just a second here but um with the food that I've had in his um from him cooking uh and um bringing his food to the restaurant and just had for us to try um it was amazing so I couldn't even imagine like what it's like if it's any different but um his food's pretty pretty good I'll show you right now. So as you can see here, it's the candied rib. Um, you know, this is a logo right there. And I'll go to some of his photos to kind of show you. There he is right there. That's Craig. Good guy. It's his wife. And it looks like some kind of, some type of brisket sandwich maybe or in um, some kind of cheese sauce, some kind of cheese, some little crispy onion bits and stuff. So that looks pretty delicious. I'm going to try and go back to like right here. You can see it right here. Uh, let's see. It's like some kind of like uh, turkey. He has some some yellow slaw, sweet potato mash, some kind of like a little mustard sauce. It looks like and um, looks like pineapple slices. So stuff like that. Uh, he's all around. And most of the stuff that I see that he does is uh, gluten free. He wants to try and uh, make it to where people, um, even if you do have a gluten allergy or anything like that, he still wants to be able to you know make sure that you're doing just fine as well. You know, so we can try his food and everything looks delicious. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Show you again. Look at. Doesn't that look good? Mm-hmm. Unless you're vegetarian, then I'm sorry for you. Yeah. Nice little like tuna salad. Oh, that's tuna. Yeah, tuna. Oh, no. Seared up, probably like some seared tuna. Oh, it looks good. What are you looking at? The one next to it. This one. This, no. This one? Next to the tuna. That one. Yeah. Uh, it looks like I some just want some, some kind of steak. steak. Yeah, steak. that was good. But yeah, he's a good guy. You know, check him out. Uh, let me see if there's any of his. Uh, let's see. Let's see if we can find something. Um, so there's a website here. Let's go to his website. Oh, it's a Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Their numbers on here, so you can give them a call. I'm gonna exit that. Let's see. Barbecue elevated. That is anything but traditional local farm to take out. So there, it seems like they're like a, just like a takeout right now. I don't think that they're, they're, uh, they're doing like sit downs. I don't think his last post was, uh, 11 days ago. So thanks that, but yeah, check them out. Um, I'll leave more information in the description if you want to, uh, check that out and, and yeah, but Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our our first topic. Actually, let me tell you what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about um, poaching for one, the moist co- uh, cooking methods and what those are all about, and then uh, the different temperatures that those occur at, and um, what do you call it? Then we're also going to talk about uh, this lady at Dunkin' Donuts. She thought that... Um, 50 donuts isn't a dozen. So she was pretty upset whenever she didn't get her 50 donuts. Um, which not, and nobody needs 50 donuts, especially this person. <laughs> not even me. I'm a, I'm a pretty chubby guy myself, but I would never eat 50 donuts at all. Yeah. Unless I was like on my deathbed or something like that. But, um, and then the next person, um, an Uber eats, uh, customer, um, she had an, I wouldn't say unpleasant. She took it rather well, but, the the Uber Eats driver did something unforgivable, unspeakable, that I'm going to speak about in just a second. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we're going to talk about um, poaching, and then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about sous vide. Um, 
and yeah, so we'll hop right into it. Um, poaching uh, is one of the cooking methods. It's one of the four cooking methods, um, and it's the the lowest temperature. And the temperatures for po- poaching are anywhere from like 160 to 180 degrees, and you can either do it in one or two ways. One, you can have a thermometer out and a thermometer is just, it's always good to have a thermometer because it's a thermometer is the most accurate way to, um, to check, to see if something is done or see what the temperature is. Because, you know, if you're cooking a steak in most restaurants, you'll see that, um, they're not using thermometers to, um, to see if there's, I'm sorry, to see if their steaks are, are done that you could see them. They'll do like a little press check or even in, uh, doing like a, a fish or like uh, salmon or anything like that. If a restaurant does salmon or pork, uh, to, to done this. And, um, but if you're doing something like if you're baking or if you're trying to poach something, um, you know, a thermometer is always good to have. And, uh, you know, probably get a digital one just because, if you have a like a uh, what's what's the opposite of digital? Like what's the word for it? Thermal. No, no, it's not. It's not thermal. No, it's not that. <laughs> no. Um, there's there's uh there's like the digital thermometer where it's like you know electric, and then there's the other one where it's like physical? a I guess physical, whatever. It's I don't Mercury. know. Mercury. No, it's definitely not really. Yeah. It goes up and down. Uh, but the other one, you kind of have to calibrate it if you if you drop it or anything like that. So you just got to be careful with it. And um, and yeah, but um, so yeah, poaching happens at 160 to 180 degrees, and then. Um, if you're looking at it in a pot and you don't have a thermometer, you can just tell because it's not going to have, um, too many bubbles that are coming from the pan. So like, you know, when you have boiling water, your, your bubbles are big and they're rapid and the water's all moving around. And, uh, if you're simmering, um, you still got bubbles, but they're, they're, they're slower and they're smaller and poaching, uh, you don't want any bubbles to rise cause it's going to cause a, a, a disturbance whenever you're cooking, cooking your food. And, um, so yeah, there's two types of poaching. There's submersion poaching, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's, uh, whenever you're poaching with a liquid, um, and notice I'm saying liquid, I'm not saying water because you can definitely poach with that, you know, with more things uh, than just water. Um, you can do water, you can do, uh, different types of broth for like, if you're doing, um, if you're poaching vegetables, um, uh, you can use like vegetable broth or if you're poaching, uh, beef, beef broth, chicken, chicken broth, fish, uh, fish broth, or you can, uh, they also call it a, a fume, um, which is the same thing. It's just a fancy French word for fish broth. And, um, and yeah, so you can use those different types of liquids and, um, just depending on what you are cooking, um, you know, it just, whatever, you know, you can, you can use water and it doesn't matter. And also, it's also good to kind of like flavor the water just a little bit, just because one, you can use that to also, um, you can use it to help season your, your food. And not only your food, but you can also use it to season, um, any sauce, like just sauces and stuff like that. So you can like, for instance, if you were to do like an, uh, in the video that I have pulled up here, it's going to show, um, he's going to be using a a fish and he's going to be, uh, doing a shallow poaching, which is, uh, poaching but the the food's not fully submerged it's um it's like right at the halfway level of whatever you're cooking and um and what do you call it and then he kind of uses like the the poaching puts like a little parchment paper and a lid on there and then um yeah he uses that and the liquid the little the little bit of uh moisture that comes off of that just kind of helps cook it as well so he does that and uh, he seasons his uh, his liquid, his fume, with garlic and a few other things like onions and stuff like that, and then he uses that to create like a little cream sauce for his fish, and um, it looks pretty good. I'm not a huge fish person. Um, it's not that I don't want to be. It's just something that I can't stomach for some reason. Um, I've tried to force myself to eat fish, but I can't. It's just something that my stomach doesn't agree with, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and show you what uh, the shallow poaching, and we'll talk about that.
Oop. No. Give me one second here. Uh, have a little difficulty. I know what happened. I just, give me just one second. Give me one second here. I'm using a bunch of software right now and uh, did not like what I was trying to do. So give me one second here while I pull this back up. But I hope everyone's having a good day out there. Um, if not, I hope you're... Oh, here we go. Hope you're having a good day. Shallow poaching is alimanute technique. Foods are cooked in a combination of steam and simmering liquid. I just want to say, this guy kind of looks like Steve-O from... I thought he looked like Michael Keaton. Him too, yeah. You know, yeah. Batman's out here chefing it up, whipping the... Falcon. Falcon. The Falcon? Vulture. Vulture, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, what are you talking oh about? <laughs> yeah, Vulture. ...tender and exceptionally moist dishes. The cooking liquid is always used as a part of an accompanying sauce. To illustrate the principles of shallow poaching, we'll prepare poached souls. Alright, I'm going to skip this a little bit. So all he did was he added a little bit of butter and onions in the pan. And he's adding wine in there, which because uh, wine, that acidity is going to help uh, add a little bit of flavor to the fish. And also it's going to um, kind of add as like a um, like a, a bit of a tenderizer, but mainly it's just for flavor. And um, whenever you're cooking with that, that liquid's going to seep into the... Uh, meat and notice he's using a, a white wine and that's um uh, i'm going to talk about wine pairings in another episode to kind of go more in depth about it but typically whenever you're eating or cooking um if you're cooking a white meat like a like a fish or um chicken or pork or anything like that those are paired uh amazing amazingly with white wines and if you're cooking something uh, like red meats, like um, like duck or beef or even veal or lamb or anything like that. You want to have more red wines with uh with those, and I I'll, I'll tell you why in another episode. Um, and then also if uh, there's certain desserts that um you have wines with. I've had like sweet wines before. I've in my classes we've we've tried a bunch of these wines, and they all have different flavors, different uh mouth feels, and. Um, they coat your mouth differently and different tastes and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely go over that in another episode. But for now, let's get back to this poaching. So with the parchment paper, what I think that's for is one, it uh, might help. I th I'm not 100% sure because I barely poach and I barely, if when I do poach, I don't shallow poach. I actually just poach. And if I poach something, it's going to be an egg. Um, mm -hmm. But whenever you're doing this, I believe the reason that he might be doing this is one to help it cook a little bit faster because, uh, you know, you're having a little bits of, little bit of steam coming off the, the water um, or his, uh, his liquid and it's gonna kind of help cook it faster because it's going to be more in contact with, um, the, uh, the fish. And then also I'm pretty sure it might also be because if you, he's going to put a lid on it in just a second, if you put a lid on it, you know, it's going to form water droplets from up top and, uh, those little, or not water droplets, but you know, like um, that moisture is going to form droplets, and um, if they drop down, they might create like a texture or something, um, and they might not look as appealing. And if you're serving this to somebody, especially like in a restaurant type ordeal um, situation, then you might not want to have it look like that. You might want to actually have it look um, uniform and professional and good. So that's what I think it's for. I'm not 100% sure. Heavy cream. 
If you're wondering, what, oh, I'm sorry. If you're wondering what Kuisan is, it's the same thing. It's like that that liquid that is left over from uh, the cooking. Um, he's using that to make a sauce. Just if you want to know what the Kuisan was. So yeah, that's on shallow poaching. Um, as you saw, um, you know, he didn't uh, fully submerge it, which is shallow poaching. That's what it's called shallow for. That's the reason it's called shallow. And yeah, and then the other version of poaching, um, I'll just show you a, re a regular poaching and egg video. Um, I typed in patching, but that's okay. <laughs> I want to try and find a little, yeah, a little short one. Um, I'll show you right here. I'm sorry for my McDonald's internet connection right now. <laughs> Egg poaching takes practice because you want to gently simmer and not boil. But with these easy steps, you'll get the hang of it in no time. Use a nonstick skillet and bring about two. So I do want to say this. I think his water is too hot. Let me see if he's going to say anything about it. But um, like I said, the, the temperature you want it to have is like anywhere from like 160 to 180. Once you start getting those bubbles in there and um, if you get them too high, those bubbles are going to interfere with your cooking and they're going to make it to where um, whenever you drop like your egg in there and to the um, into that liquid, then it's going to be more of like um, it's going to be spreading around the, the egg white and then you're just going to have little egg particles around the thing. That's not what you want. You want to have a, a uniformed egg. So, um, make it look ugly. yeah, make it look all ugly. But, um, yeah, so just make sure that your temperature is uh, correct. Um, just use a thermometer or just kind of eye it. You don't want your bubbles to get too big or anything like that. And in my opinion, they're too big. So we'll see. I could be wrong. Yeah, so um, he did turn the temperature down, which is good because those bubbles did get a little bit smaller. So, uh, yeah, just it worried me there for a second, but I'll let him continue. Cover, turn off the heat. The key to poaching is a gentle heat, which will give your eggs a firm white and a loose yolk. Absolutely correct. Yeah, that was how you poach an egg. Um, there's also another way to poach an egg. You can use sous vide, uh, which we're going to discuss in just a moment here. Um, and most in most cases, you know, people poach eggs. The main one, I main reason I see people poaching eggs is uh, to make an egg benedict, which is, um, what do you call it? It's a uh, English muffin. Yeah, English. Uh, thank you. I couldn't remember the name of it. It's an English muffin uh, with like a little, maybe like some ham on there, some Canadian bacon, which is essentially ham, and then you put um, your little egg and then a hollandaise sauce on it, and then maybe some parsley or something like that. Isn't um, hollandaise sauce egg too? Isn't it made with egg yolk? Yeah, um, we'll get into that um, in another episode. Um, I'll have to write it down and. Um, like as a reminder, but hollandaise is, um, it's a sauce made by emulsion, which is like mixing something at a rate with a certain, um, like certain ingredients and like a little reaction happens to where it's a certain reaction will happen that'll combine it and make it to where, um, it all sticks together. Like for instance, um, vinaigrettes most vinaigrettes if you ever see in the stores they like if you go in the store and you see um like a regular vinaigrette sauce you'll see that like all the oil and stuff is on the top and then the other stuff's on the bottom um and then you shake it up and then it looks you know combined as one mm -hmm. um 
that's a small form of emulsion, but there's there's ways you do it. And, you know, most of the times uh, you see people, they'll set like a towel or something on their table um, and like a little circle form. They'll set their ball on there have their butter and they'll have some type of type of um, emulsifier most of the times it might be like uh, mustard seed or like yellow mustard or something like that and um, or not mustard seed but like mustard powder mm-hmm. and uh, they'll have their liquid or uh, not the liquid their oil whatever oil they're using you can use regular oil you can use butter um, and then you like you're mixing and you're pouring at the same time but you have to be careful because if you pour in too much then you're your lit your sauce is going to break and it's not going to have the right texture and the right body to it so then you have to start all over it's it's a pain i always hated doing it because i one time i messed it up and i had to redo the whole thing and it was just something that i did not enjoy doing at like it tasted good but like it was when you messed up it's not fun whenever it works and you're not doing the wrong thing it's actually pretty you know satisfying Mm -hmm. but yeah that's how you poach an egg um that's also a little bit about eggs benedict and hollandaise i'll get more into that whenever we go over our sauces and yeah let's go ahead get into sous vide i'm gonna show you a benching with babish uh video and sous vide what um i'll show you what a sous vide is actually let me go ahead and pull it up here uh sous vide is a cooking technique that involves a um instrument a sous vide instrument and um they come in different shapes and forms and sizes they come in um, I'll show you. They come looking like this. Come on now. Uh, like this. So as you can see, um, you have your little temperature gauge right here. Um, it's kind of hard. Can I click on it? There we go. Um, you have your temperature right here and then you have, you can adjust it right here, power it. And then this is, I'm not sure. I think it might be brightness or something. You can set your timer and, um, I'm not sure how well you can see this, but in here, there is a, well, as you can see, there's a minimum and a maximum for the, the liquids and stuff. Um, most of the time, or not most of the time, this, this is done specifically in water because one, it'll mess up the machine, and two, <clears throat> um, whatever you're cooking in here, um, it's not going to be in direct contact with the water. It's going to be vacuum sealed and, and, um, at some point, but there's a, a heating element inside here and you set your temperature and it's going to heat that uh, heating element to that temperature and then there's a fan that's going to kind of propel the water and kind of move it around so that way you're getting a more accurate uh, temperature for your um for the water Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen is whenever you're cooking something i'll show you right here see this person right here they have a it looks like a ribeye with some uh, rosemary and uh they might have seasoned it already and they they're using a pot you can use a pot you can use a tub you can use anything that's holding water as long as it holds enough water um and it has enough space for whatever you're cooking and what's happening is uh you're heating up that temp that water to a specific temperature so this person in the picture is having it at 130 degrees and whenever you're doing that like that, you are um, slowly cooking up that that steak, so that or whatever it is you're cooking. I'm just gonna say steak for the time being, just because that's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, so he's cooking that steak to 130. Uh, it's already gonna be seasoned and flavored. So whenever it comes out, all he's gonna have to do is finish it, like either on a grill or in a broiler or on um, cast iron skillet or even just you know sauteing it in the pan. So it just depends on what it is. This person. This is a sous vide machine, um, which is, let me see if I can find a better, uh, no, it's not even a better picture. Let me. Oh, there's one. Where? Sous vide supreme. Where do you see that at? Um, on the right side, down. down. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a sous vide machine. It's the same concept instead of like a little, um, <clears throat> instead of a little like wand type thing, it's an actual container but it's the same thing it's same process heating elements set your temperature set your time and the cool thing about this is if you set the temperature for 130 degrees and you put a steak in there you could leave it in there all week and it's going to it's not going to go above that temperature now granted you wouldn't want to do that but it's something neat to have and if you if you're like if you're let's say you're, you go to work or something like that or if you um what do you call it if you um 
if you want to make something and your spouse doesn't really know how to cook, you cook and you can already have the stuff um, vacuum sealed and seasoned up and everything. And then you can just tell your spouse the simple instructions until you get to the house. Tell her, hey, put this in a pot of water, um, connect the sous vide to the thing. The temperature's already set. Or you can even have it already set uh, to begin with. You can have the pot of water there or the tub, have it plugged in, have the temperature set, everything, and just tell her to plop it in there. Click the, I want to say it's start, but it's in the shape of a play. Uh, click the, the start button, and then whenever you come home, uh, it's already cooked to the temperature. You just got to go out there and finish it up on the grill. But yeah, I'll get into that. Binging with Babish is going to show you a little bit more about it, and... Really cool guy. If I can ever get him on the podcast, um, I know we are succeeding. So, yeah. Hey, guys. Suvi has become a home kitchen essential over the past few years, providing restaurant-quality results at an ever-more affordable price point. So, you got one for Christmas or for yourself after mixing with wine and everything. Okay. Now what? How about steaks cooked perfectly? Here, I'm going to go ahead and skip to the steak because that's the important part that I want to show you. Actually, No. Or is it at? <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Vacuum sealing with clove of garlic and a few sprigs of fresh herbs, rosemary and thyme. So see, he's using, um, this is a, um, it's a, not a, a pot, but it's more of like a, a container that can hold liquids. As you can see, it's 10 liters, 5 liters, and then quarts on the other side. And, um, so yeah, it's not too big. It's just enough space for him to cook that steak that he's um, doing. And he said he's doing a porterhouse, which is, um, what do you call it? It's the part of the 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 cow where it has the, the strip loin and the uh, tenderloin on there as well. So you get two steaks for the price of two steaks. One. So as you're going to notice, that doesn't look too appetizing right now, um, but he's going to, you'll see he's going to finish it off on like a, I believe a skillet. So and it's cooked? Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, no, 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 it's, t in all technicalities, that is cooked to, um, so like, like, like if you rare. wanted to, you could eat it. If you wanted to, you could eat that. Like that. It's oh. just not caramelized. It's the same thing, like as a rare steak that you would have, um, but what do you call it? He's going to cook it. He's going to continue cooking it. It's just not uh, caramelized on the outside. So mm -hmm. you, in technicalities, you could eat that. I love his stovetop. Now it looks more like the traditional steak that you guys are all used to seeing. If your steak has a fat cap, it is also vitally important to remember to sear it because sous vide does not render and soften fat the same way the traditional cooking methods do. Yes. Searing the second side, we're going to give this guy its butter and herb based. Drop the herbs from the vacuum bag. All right, then we're going to go from there. Okay, hold on. So he. So what he was saying there, if in case you missed it, and from my terrible editing skills on um, pressing this back button, um, he was saying that um, traditionally whenever you cook a steak, if you grill it, if you saute it, um, you always want to rest it for at least five minutes or for however long you cooked it, um, depending on what steak it is, depending on how hungry you are. And But the reason you don't want to cut into a hot steak is because if you do, uh, the juices are going to run out. 
And whenever those juices run out, your steak's going to get dry. And then also you want to make sure that you cut the steak. Um, if you're going to serve it sliced, you want to cut them into thicker pieces because if you cut them into thinner pieces, they're just going to be um, cold and uh, they're, they're definitely going to be dry by the time it gets out to the customer. But most places, they don't cut up steaks unless you're like at some fancy joint. Uh, if you go to a Texas Red House, you're just going to get a big old ribeye or sirloin, whatever strip that you got from the grill to the plate to you. So, yeah. So you've got a tenderloin on one side and a New York strip on the other. So I'm cutting those away from the bone before lining them up and slicing them into manageable pieces. The sort of French brasserie way to serve up this steak is to remove and slice up the New York strip and the tenderloin and fan them out by the bone in their original locations. Now that, my friend... So yeah, that's on uh, cooking sous vide. So there is that cooking method. So we kind of got two cooking methods, but sous vide is not necessarily like a... Um, I think sous vide would be like in the... the uh, combination methods because you're using multiple methods to cook something i'm not sure no it's just like a little extra side bit i don't know if you can hear it but our son is like (laughs) he probably just woke up yeah he probably just woke up but um his abuela is tending to him while we've record this podcast (laughs) but yeah so that's on poaching that's on sous vide um next we're gonna talk about um this I might have to get him a bottle. You want to go give him a bottle? Yeah. All right. She's going to go give him a bottle. Uh, I'm going to tell you about... Um, oh, you might see this move real quick. Look at... Show him. I'm going to show you. This is, a, this is a green screen. If you didn't notice. Yeah. That's a green screen. I edited uh, the picture in the background, if you didn't see. Um, but yeah, I just got it just because we are trying to work with what we got and... Um, I don't feel like going and uh, spending extra money on a webcam or a DSLR digital camera because that's not something that um, we're trying to spend money on right now. We're trying to save up for a house and and stuff like that. So there's that, but we'll be all right. Um, Yeah, so this Uber Eats person, uh, this lady uh, in London, she ordered some food from Uber Eats. And if you've ever used Uber Eats or uh, Postmates or DoorDash or anything like that, you know that whenever you order your foods from those uh, websites that they give you notifications, and I actually have a story about that after this, um, they give you like little little notifications saying, you know, hey, your order's been placed, their order's been picked up, your driver's on their way. Well, this lady or this girl, she ordered her food and... It gave her the notifications, and then it gave her the notification that um, that her food was delivered, and she didn't receive her food. So she was when she got that notification, she was confused, and she said that she thought it was a joke, and she messaged the the driver and was like, "Hey, it said that it was delivered, but I never got my food." And they said, um, "Oh, I'm sorry, I ate your food." And if that were me. I would have been upset because most times whenever I'm ordering, I mean, like I would definitely wouldn't have gone full Karen mode, but I would have been like, man, that sucks. You know? And then I would have just, I definitely would have just complained about it to uh, whoever I use just so that way I can get my money back or get it a free order or whatever. I wouldn't have done it just because I'm trying to get the person in trouble, but cause you know, stuff like that's expensive and people work hard for their money. And so I wouldn't have done it in, in trying to get the person in, in, um, in trouble. I just would have done it to get my money back or, a credit or something but um yeah the person ate her food and so she did complain to the to the uh the company just so that way like same as me so that we can get her money back and get that credit and she did they gave her um a free order or the the a credit so basically she got it for free no not for free she got it for what she was going to pay for it but she ended up getting her money back to receive like to get another order but she said that she wasn't mad at the person because uh, she they could have just been really hungry and they didn't know what situ- what their situation was like, which is true. You never want to um, judge someone for their actions just because you don't know what their situation is, especially for something like that, especially for something like food, um, just because, you know, they could their house could have 
gotten burned down and they don't have anywhere else to go and that's their only source of money and that's their only source of food and stuff like that and you just never know but she took it rather well and um they gave her her uh credit so she was able to get her meal and stuff like that but um what my story was was this is whenever DoorDash like first came out and it was still and it's it's definitely still in its um its baby form because it's it's not everywhere yet and you know restaurants are still kind of getting used to the whole idea of um someone coming to pick up food for someone else I don't know why it's like the same thing as pizza deliveries except it's not the pizza people playing paying the for a driver it's another company but um. Yeah, it's definitely still in this baby steps. But this was back whenever it like first started coming out. Um, it was me and my friend, uh, Mr. Eastwood, Mr. Caleb Eastwood. Um, we were door dashing and I went to go do I was in Madison, Tennessee, and I let's see. The person ordered McDonald's. It was like a chicken sandwich with like a high C, and this was like right the like I think it was like a day after they announced that um uh that they were taking high C off the menu or something or Powerade or whatever or it was high C. So I messaged him and because the line was long and I wanted to be a good driver. So I messaged him and I was like um you're gonna see the green screen come back up again. But yeah, I messaged him and I was like, hey, um, this is your your driver, Michael. Uh, I just want to let you know that I'm in line right now. Um, there's a long line and it's a long wait time. Not like long, but like it's longer than what the app was uh, suggesting. And then he just said, okay. And then um, as I got to the, the door and I opened, I asked for his order. Um, they were like, oh, I do apologize. We are, uh, we don't have high C anymore. Uh, what else would you like? And I was like, um, give me just one second. So I messaged the person again. I said, Hey, this is your driver again. They're out of high. They don't have high C anymore. What else would you like? And he said, stop freaking texting me. And instead of freaking, he used uh, a swear word. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Me being like the spiteful, like 20 year old I was, I just canceled his order. I'm just like, I'm not going to, if you're going to disrespect me like that, disrespect the person who's giving you your food and wants to make sure that you get what you ordered. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to stand for it. So I just, I, I was like, all right, you can go, go ahead and cancel that order. And I went on his app or I went on my app and I canceled the order. And when they asked why I told him that the, the customer was, the, was rude and disrespectful towards me. And, and yeah, cause it's like, don't disrespect someone who's doing you a favor. I'm doing you the favor of going out and waiting in the line and going through the line and everything and it's not it's not too much to ask for but I'm saving him gas if he doesn't have a car I'm saving him the trouble if he has to walk to the to the uh, to the store or whatever mm-hmm. and so I just canceled his order and I'm just like don't disrespect you know it's not nice so yeah next up we got uh the Dunkin Donuts lady and I'll show you this video here she um to give you a little bit of background she went into Dunkin' Donuts and I guess she asked for a dozen donuts and she thought a dozen donuts was 50. And, um, you know, people might have thought that she might have been saying 15, but she clearly spells out five zero. So she wanted 50 donuts for the price of a dozen donuts, which I think what a dozen donuts is like 10 bucks. I think that's mm-hmm. what we saw. So she thought that she was getting 50 donuts for 10 bucks. So I would be mad too if I thought I was going to get 50 donuts for 10 bucks. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's not what was happening because, <laughs> because that's, that's not the price of the donuts. So I'm going to show you this video. I'm going to show you the TikTok version just so that way uh, it's a little bit longer and it's a little bit, um, kind of clearer, I guess. Sorry. I guess that didn't make it. Yeah, difference. it didn't make a difference at all. But if you can see this, then yeah. I have something else to say about this because it says stay in school because that's where <laughs> you learn that one dozen equals 12. And even. Even if I'm gonna go and stop right there because that's basically it. She just gets mad. Um, even if um, 
Because, you know, you have a dozen, which is 12, and you have like a baker's dozen, which is anywhere from like 13 to 15. They call it a baker's dozen because, you know, whenever you're whenever you're baking, you might not always get a dozen. You might yeah, have like, like the, that little extra. little bit of extra. So they call it a baker's dozen. But even then... I was thinking like the employee was saying 15 and she thought 50... Because sometimes that happens, but like there was I mean, there there in the comments there there was um a language barrier that was you know the the employee was having an issue with the language and stuff like that. But the lady, the lady in the video clearly said she wanted a dozen donuts, yeah. and then she says five zero, which a dozen isn't fifty donuts. A, a dozen's not fifty. A dozen's twelve. You know, so she was in the wrong. She could have treated a, a, a lot better. Um, the situation, but and worn her mask correctly. And worn her mask correctly. <laughs> she was, if you didn't see, she had her mask over, like over just her mouth and not over her nose. But yeah. you know, just wear your mask, people. It's not hard. And it's be not, nice. and be nice to people. You know, just and know your logical. Be smart. Stay in school. <laughs> but if you, if you, if you're in school, um, pay attention because. There was a video on TikTok that I saw, and I'm not going to go through the trouble of bringing it up just because we're almost done here. And it was ridiculous. It was, yeah, no, it's, it's going to irritate me so much because <laughs> this person, the the teacher, he held up a picture of, um, see, the first one was Helen Keller. <clears throat> and they were like, can you tell me who this person is? And they said, isn't that that, uh, that Nazi, that Nazi person? And... He was like Helen Keller, and he was like, no, "Yeah, that Nazi person, the one who killed all those uh, Jewish people." <clears throat> and the teacher goes, "You mean Adolf Hitler?" And she goes, "Who?" And whenever I'm just like, "You, I'm not Jewish, but I know who Hitler is." Yeah, you know. <laughs> and even though I don't know the full details of why he did whatever he did, and you know, went, I know it. I know it occurred. It it honestly was surprising to me that it, it occurred more recent to me. That it occurred recently. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase this. It was really surprising to me that I just found out like a year or so ago that the Holocaust occurred more recent than what I had thought it to be. Yeah. I didn't know that it happened in the last hundred years. Yeah. Like our grandparents. Yeah. Alive. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it happened in like the 1800s. I thought I didn't, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't know that or like this. Yeah. 1817, 1800s. So that was mind blowing to me. But I, even though I didn't know that, I know who Adolf Hitler is, and I know what the Holocaust was, and I know who was involved. I don't know why, but I do know the, the main the main points. And she also said that Helen Keller was a fake person; she wasn't real. Yeah, she thought Helen Keller was fake. <laughs> and then um, yeah. they had a picture of uh, Mona Lisa, and they were like, "Who's that?" And she was, uh, "What? What did they say the Mona Lisa was?" It was something ridiculous. Like they thought it was like um, Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I, first of all, Rosa Parks is black. Second of all, she's black. She's not um, white. Also, yeah. it's not even the same time. The time uh, yeah. period. Anyways, um, but yeah. And then the next one they had it was a picture of uh, <clears throat> of Gandhi, and they thought it was Yoda. Like, (laughs) I don't know if it was set up or if it was just, I hope it was just like set up and they were just acting that stupid because these kids are going to be in charge of running our, 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 what do you call it? Our country. And we're already going south. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to get into, get too into it, but. And then we're just like. As Andrew's growing up, we're gonna be spouting out random historical historical facts. Like yeah, whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, and yeah, and it's not that those things are like important whenever you're jo- seeking for a job. Because I, I can tell you this: in my my years of job hunting, not one time has a job uh, employer asked me when did the Holocaust occur or when yeah. uh, did Rosa Parks. Um, That's like if you want to be like work in a museum or. 
Oh, not really that. It's, it's good like to have it's good to have that general knowledge just so that we can yeah. know how your country came about and how, like, what the history of it was. And just what to kind of moved on from. Yeah, what we what we've came from to get where we are now and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily important uh, as far as like job seeking, but it's just important to know where your country's from and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it was just. I really hope it was a, a like a prank. Not like a prank, but I just hope it was staged. I said it's gonna be smarter. Yeah, it's gonna be like, okay, Andrew, you want some gummy worms? Tell me when the Holocaust was. Or you want some gummy worms? Or tell me who when. Who's the first president? Who's the, the first States. president? Tell me <laughs> who freed or who abolished uh, slavery or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know everything, but I, I know I know a little bit, a little bit around, little around the no block. Enough. Know enough to get around, but that was our episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, we're going to continue next week with our moist cooking methods uh, with simmering, and we'll have some more topics um, to talk about there. But until then, we want to thank you. We love you all. Um, oh. Not yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if you want to support us, just uh, share, our, share our channel. You know, sharing is by far the cheapest and most efficient way that we can get our podcast out there. I'll have links in the description to um, where you can find us if you just want to click that share button. If you're new here, uh, give us a like, a follow, and turn on that bell notification so that way you can get notified every time we post um, a new podcast and a new episode. You can also find us if you don't want to use YouTube. Um, if it's more uh, more convenient for you to use your podcast applications, you can find us on Apple Podcast if you have uh, Apple iPhone. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and also... Um, Amazon Music, and there was one more. Um, I I think it's it. Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. But yeah, you can also follow our social medias, follow our Twitter, our Instagram, their uh, Facebook page as well, at Quiz Hub Podcast. And just give us some feedback. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us if there's things that we need to work on. Tell us if there's. Let us know different food facts. Yeah, if there's st- if there's stuff that you want to talk about, if there's stuff that you want to discuss, if you, um, we're gonna be looking into getting um, uh, guests on the podcast. So, um, so yeah, just just let us know. Let us know in the comments. Let us know on our email. Our email is quizhubpodcast at gmail If you want to uh, email us there, just let us know. So, but we love you guys. We hope you have a safe rest of your week and stay hungry. I don't know insert catchphrase here eat good food (laughs) see you guys